Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Amanda Goldbeck. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and 18 through 23 in the New Testament section of our Red Pew Bibles, found on page 13. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Lord, plant your seed in us today. Prepare our heart, O God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Matthew 13, verse 1. Jesus went out and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Verse 18. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart, and this is what is sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, in another, 60, and in another, 30. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy Lord, 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. May we meet the scripture in a new way in this time this morning. And may, we, and may you come into our hearts anew. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Today kicks off our new fall preaching series that we are calling Rooted and Reaching. Our scripture texts over the coming weeks are all centered around the way we are called to be rooted in Christ and the ways in which having roots in Christ, we are then able to reach out. It seems fitting that we would start with a text that is about foundation, that is about what is needed even before the roots can grow. Our parable puts before us a question about soil and seeds and growth potential. Upon initial reading, I feel a little like this parable is either a word problem from math class or reminiscent of an elementary level science experiment. If the farmer scattered this many seeds on rocky ground and this many seeds on the road, how many plants would the farmer yield? Or if we plant one seed in rocky materials and one seed in hard, dry materials and one seed in nutrient-rich soil, we hypothesize that the last seed will grow the most. It's not a math lesson or a science lesson, though. It's not even a good lesson on agriculture, for that matter. We don't hear anything about the sower preparing the soil or making sure that the seeds are buried deep enough beneath the surface. Instead, what we get is altogether different. It begins with being told to listen. And this is essential to the whole part of the parable. The idea of a parable and the use of it in the Gospels is not to teach some moral point or to illustrate some virtue of Christian life. Parables provide a disruption of our thinking in a manner that allows us to see faith from a new or different angle. The word parable derives from a Greek word meaning to throw alongside. Basic to the parable genre is the notion of comparison. One entity is set alongside something else to be illuminated by the comparison. In this parable, the kingdom of heaven is thrown alongside or compared to and illuminated by the situation of a farmer casting out seeds. So what is this parable trying to get us to wrap our minds around? Or as the command of listen at the beginning of the parable declares, what is this parable trying to get us to hear? What might we need to reorient our thinking about? We have a generous farmer ignoring all good stewardship principles by freely and generously, we might even say foolishly, casting seeds out right and left on a variety of lands. We are told that some falls on rocky soil where the plants spring up quickly and then were scorched by the sun 
because their roots were too shallow. Some of the seeds fall on the hard road and have no protection and are eaten up by the birds before they can even begin to sprout. Others fall among thorns and eventually are choked out as they grow. And then, then some fall on the good soil and bring forth a variety of yields. Now, even if we don't know what all the soil and seeds is supposed to represent when it comes to the kingdom of God, we are pretty quick to figure out which soil is the one Jesus is promoting over the others. Now, thanks to the latter portion of the parable that we heard read, likely the result of the disciples standing silent and dumbstruck in front of Jesus after the first time he told it, he felt so compelled to break down the parable, and we have it broken down for us. So we don't have to spend too much time wondering what the parable is trying to point us to. God's word is the seed, and the soils are the places that God's word seeks to be planted. The growth comes out of it. The growth that comes out of it is the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. Simple, right? I imagine we like to think it is that simple. I imagine we like the idea of seeing ourselves, our hearts, our souls, our lives as a place of good soil where the seed of God's word is planted and growing. I imagine we want to believe that our church, the ministries here, our various groups, our worship is good, nutritious soil where all sorts of seeds of God's word are growing. Let's pause, though. Remember that part about parables reorienting our thinking? This parable draws us into asking the hard questions about what ground we are preparing in our hearts and in our life together as a family of faith. Now, I'm going to make a statement that some of you may disagree with me about. Others of you may think is odd for a pastor to admit from the pulpit and others of you may find it to affirm something you already have sensed. Here goes. We live in a post-Christian culture. There was a time when, especially in the United States, being Christian was built into the rhythm of life and culture. Sundays were days of Sabbath, no sports, few stores were open, Church was just part of the routine of life. And I know many of you can remember that time. I cannot. It's not a part of my cultural experience. Then the culture changed. Families transitioned to having two parents working out of the home. More activities crept into being on Sundays. And our neighborhoods have become more and more culturally and religiously diverse. The landscape on which the seeds of God's word fall today has tremendously changed and continues to change. This is important to acknowledge because it makes this parable all the more relevant. It explains why we find our own hearts constantly wrestling with what it means to be rooted in Christ and why it is easy for the seeds of God's word to fall on hearts that are so filled with alternative ideologies that the seed is consumed and doesn't take root. 
It explains why it is easy for the seeds of God's word to fall on hearts that are so full of self-fulfillment and the chase for happiness that God's word can only initially sprout but quickly dies because our culture tells us to avoid difficulty, avoid struggle, instead promising that there is instant gratification just around the corner. It explains why it is easy for the seeds of God's word to fall on hearts that don't have room for it to grow because they are nurturing the weeds of wealth and success, which eventually choke out the seed. Now this can all start to sound a little depressing, and it is usually at this point where the statistics about church decline come into the discussion. Here's the thing though. I don't remark about the changing cultural landscapes to scare us or to make us think that it's all a waste of our time. I remark about it because it helps us see even more clearly the power of our God who despite the influences of this world still manages to sow seeds that fall on hearts that are ready. Ready to let it settle in, ready to let it take root and slowly grow, grow until it transforms their lives. It is this hope, this grace of God repeatedly poured out on each of us that makes this parable so compelling. It reveals a God that continually seeks after us no matter what. It reveals a God that acknowledges the ways our hearts aren't filled with the right soil. And yet, and yet our God continues to pour into us until we are ready. It is this which gives us hope and purpose in a post-Christian context. It also gives us hope because we know that once the seed has taken root in our lives and in our community, like it has here at FPCE, once God has us, it changes us. It transforms our lives, who we are and what we do in the world. We can't help but dig our roots in deeper as we desire to continually be nourished by God's word. This is why, as a community of faith, In the past year, we entered into the strategic plan. We wanted to pause and examine our community's soil to figure out where God's word has grown strong and rooted deeply and where the roots have become shallow. One of the six different areas that we noticed where the roots have become a little shallow is in our youth ministry. Over time, our focus and our energy has moved into other wonderful ministry areas. Through the strategic plan, we identified this as an area where we would like to see the deep roots of God's word grow. And so we, set, we have set for us the goal of seeing 200 kids join the middle and high school youth group over the next couple of years. Now, admittedly, this feels like a big goal for us to reach after. Yet, yet I take great hope, and I hope we all do, through this parable, which reminds us that when God's word does take root, the yield is far beyond what we could imagine. Remember the words of Ephesians 3. God is able to do far more than we could ever ask or imagine. So our challenge is, though, to first sit with this parable in the next days and weeks. Sit with its words to allow it to truly reorient us, to till the soil of our hearts, 
to ask the hard questions of ourselves and our community of faith, to create space for God to come in and transform us. Then, and only then, will we be ready to grow our roots deeper and stronger, both individually and as a community. Amen.